0: Hello and thank you for joining us for this episode of Barker Bytes. Just as a reminder, each episode will bring a thought leader, a marketing specialist or an industry specialist to talk about a very specific and timely topic. Today's episode, I am pleased to have our internal digital marketing manager, Brad Biley join us. Brad, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brad. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: Terrific. So, um, Brett, I know you have the opportunity to develop uh, comprehensive social and digital communication strategies and tactics for our clients. You work with companies all across the country uh, in several different industries. So if you were to generalize, um, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Um, What are you hearing across the country and across different industries that you work with?
1: Right now, I'm hearing a lot of conflicting reports. There are a great deal of companies that are on the offensive and are using this as an opportunity to thrive. And then I'm hearing the other side of that where there's companies who are a little more scared, timid, and and they're not sure what to do. Um, When we look at a digital marketing landscape right now, There's really no middle ground. There's no one that's just kind of here and and going through the motions. It's really both sides of that. You know, there's some companies who are really going all in and getting after it, and then there's those other companies who are just almost playing it like they're not in business right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And building on that, when companies play that side of the coin, when they get uh, scared or they retract sales and marketing efforts, uh, oftentimes it's out of So right now, cash flow is a big issue. So we see companies having challenges with cash flow or or having to lay people off. And unfortunately, that sends a message to the market about your business. And I know we talk about this a lot. What message does that send?
1: It sends a message that you're you're either not doing well or you're not open and you're not in business. And, And perfect example here, Brad, we have a... Uh, a local company that does um, fencing, right? And and my wife and I are, are looking for uh, a company to do a, a new fence in our yard. And my wife recommended a company, and I said, "Well, why do you want to go with them?" She said, "Well, I see their I see their ads all the time. They're always on TV, so they must be a good company." No idea who they are. No idea the quality of their work, but the perception for for her and myself even is they're doing well because of their marketing. It, it, it's a really astonishing thought, but those companies that play it so safe where they pull out of marketing during times like this, it's really at a detriment to the the longevity of their organization.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. And now with many companies having applied for PPP loans and getting approved and getting support from the Small Business Association. Now, I know you can't take that money and directly invest in, in sales and marketing efforts, but When you're using that capital and those resources to invest in paying payroll, in paying rent, utilities, mortgage interest, things like that, that should hopefully free up funds to invest in building your brand, uh, engaging in market share, and fortifying your company for the long run, and, and making sure that those people that are protected for the next eight weeks are protected for much longer than that. You and you can grow your business strategically. Um, now, a few things that you mentioned too, we've seen some restrictions, some companies pulling back, others uh, investing heavily. We've also seen internet traffic spike to all-time highs. More people are at home. More people are engaged. They're using digital tools to stay in contact with each other. I think it presents a, a big and really unique opportunity for businesses to build their brand. Uh, but before companies go crazy, we have these. Con- you, you and I have these conversations all the time. You really need to put together some good guidelines for your business uh, to follow. Some um, strong uh, branding to adhere to and make sure that you just don't go crazy and don't go wild. Uh, we also need to be careful about what message we're sending and and what message we're sharing. So recently you put together a, a presentation that I, I really liked in a talk that walked through some of these things. And if you don't mind, what I'd like to do is is kind of go through at a very um, high level, some of these topics and strategies. Now I know we have uh, just about 10 of these and, and really wanted to go through them. So, uh, If you don't mind, give us your take on each one of these and and what companies need to do to adjust their digital focus.
1: Yeah. So for me, when you're thinking about managing your brand accounts on social media or in a digital landscape during this COVID-19 pandemic, the first area that you want to start with is being incredibly mindful of the reader and their situation. We are all as human beings going through a lot right now. Some people are handling it very well and it's just business as usual. You know, stay in your house and we'll see you in hopefully a month. Who knows? Some are really taking it personally and are are coping with what they're dealing with. And we, when we're posting as our organizations on social media, don't know the state of mind that that end reader is going to be in. We don't know if they're having a good day, if they're having a bad day, if they're incredibly stressed or feeling anxious, or if they're just in a good mood. So we need to be mindful of the reader. We need to make sure that we're going through our messaging when we're posting or when we're sharing content or when we're publishing a blog. Read for those undertones. And, and pay a little bit more attention to how your words could be mixed, how your words could be interpreted, but ultimately be mindful of that reader. It's okay right now to share content that is dealing with mental health and wellness and stress and anxiety. It doesn't all have to be tied to your business metrics. Right now, more than ever, it's okay to be human and to humanize that brand and be mindful of the other person who's going to be reading that.
0: For sure. And it's not just mindful of the written word, it's mindful of imagery too. We've seen countless examples of companies posting images of people in huge, large groups together or in a business setting huddled around a meeting table. We need to be mindful of those things.
1: Yeah. And and you want to be incredibly aware of what's happening. So let's say you write a great blog article or you share a great piece of content and the imagery that you share with our article today doesn't necessarily need to be the imagery that you share with it in two months. You can change that up. You can mix it around. So, so to Brad's point, you know, if you're talking about hiring right now, for example, you certainly don't want to show two people shaking hands during an interview setting. Maybe it's featuring a, a zoom conversation instead, but in three months, six months from now, you absolutely can showcase that imagery, mix it up. Perfect. Going through, go ahead, Brad.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, um, next, and, and I think this flows right into the next point, is we need to li- listen first and, and talk second. Walk us through what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, so I, I used to play a lot of guitar in the area, and I was on this ticket one night, and uh, the store musician got to knowing what I do for a living, and, and he said, Brad, <laughs> every day I get 10 to 15 different messages on Twitter from people that like my music that are asking questions. Should I answer those? And I said, Carter, if we were sitting here right now and you kept talking to me and all I did was look at my phone or look the other way, would you keep talking to me or would you get up and walk away? And, and the lights turned on, you know, you'd get up and walk away. We need to be listening every single time a potential buyer of our services reaches out. We need to be listening to what people are saying in newsfeed, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram listen to what people are saying and join the conversation in the same way that if you were being talked to and you were ignoring the person talking to you in that same respect, no one would keep listening to you if you were the person that just kept talking about me, you know, that me, me, me focused person. We need to listen first and talk second.
0: Terrific. Um, third on our list, and this feeds right into the increased internet traffic with more people engaging, more people on social, more people, um, Posting, we can use digital tools to find opportunities. so give me an example of, of how we might do that
1: yeah the the easiest way is to look at your newsfeed and follow individuals who might be talking about your services so if you 're in the um, medical industry or you're in um, let 's use plumbing for example if you if you 're a local plumber and you 're looking for people who are going to need a plumber maybe it's using tools like Facebook groups and joining localized groups where people are talking about home repair or are talking about the local Buffalo area. And listen to what people are saying, but use the tool that that Facebook has already created, the groups platform. And if somebody's talking about, hey, I'm looking for a plumber or hey, I think I got an issue in my bathroom, join the conversation. Hop in and say, hey, it sounds like this might be the challenge or the problem. I'd love to come out you know, give you a free estimate, give you a free quote, look at it and and give you some honest feedback, but use the tools that are being provided and then join that conversation that's happening.
0: I love that. And Facebook just um, late last week, we released an update to their video messaging platform. So now you can pull in up to 50 people into a conversation. So think about that from a business standpoint, you're pulling, you could pull in your top customers, your top clients to have an open discussion, open forum. You could be seen as a thought leader. So use the tools that are available at your disposal to change the way that you do business. Um, Brett. Fourth on our list is, and it ties right into to what we kind of just mentioned, is reaching inbox zero. With more traffic, people are consuming more content. They're more open to conversations. What is inbox zero and how do we get to it?
1: Inbox zero for most business professionals means getting your inbox of your email down to zero messages. For me, from a social media landscape, it's thinking through all of the messaging platforms like Facebook in mail on LinkedIn, your, your Instagram messages, your Twitter direct messages, your DMs, in responding to people that are reaching out about services. If you think about buying behavior, if people are asking a question, they're looking for help to make a buying decision. If you're not going to provide them with that answer, they're going to go somewhere else. It's not just that, oh, company X didn't respond to me. I no longer need a plumber. No, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go to your direct competition and hopefully that individual reaches out to them. So we want to be incredibly mindful of how the end user is reaching out to us. We don't necessarily want to always say, hey, if you want to get a hold of us, you have to contact us on our contact form or you have to call us. People as humans are going to use whatever they're most comfortable with. That might be a Facebook message. It might be uh, using your contact form on the website. It might be trying to call you. We need to be aware and listening to all of those avenues and make sure that we're responding when people are reaching out.
0: Um, changing things a little bit, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're also in the middle of an election year. The rhetoric on social, the language, the um, divisiveness is also at an all-time high. Yep. Um, should companies get involved in political takes, banter back and forth on social or digital?
1: That's really going to be a decision for that end company. What happens when you take a stance is you really put a line in the sand of who you are as a company. Take Nike, for example, right? They sided with Colin Kaepernick. Their numbers went through the roof. If you look at the actual earnings from Nike after that campaign, everything went positive. What you saw on Facebook was a lot of negative because Facebook exists as an echo chamber and will serve more of that content. But Nike also knew who their target audience was and they knew that it was okay if people were going to complain on Facebook because they knew that those people already weren't going to buy Nike shoes. So they took a stance for the people that they cared about and the people that they wanted to be on their team and, and, and a part of the Nike brand and it strengthened their brand and, and the data supports that. Now, do you need to be Nike and do you need to have a voice for everything political? Absolutely not. But you can share the facts and you can be aware of what's happening in your local economy. For for a local Buffalo company, for example, if you're sharing what's going on with COVID-19 or you're talking about, um, maybe it's it's like a takeout Tuesday type of, of share where you're talking about local food establishments who are doing takeout or local breweries who are doing local takeout. I think those are great things to share for a company because it shows that you're a part of the organ, the, the the community. Rather, it shows that you care about the city, and you're not just here doing business in Buffalo. You're a part of Buffalo.
0: Terrific, yeah, I, I love that example of of Nike, and I think it's perfect for Nike to take that approach. But the um, standard local True. business doesn't have that platform to stand yep. on. So it could be treacherous. Um, going down that path. Like your example earlier of a plumber or a fencing company, if they went out and were very vocal on a political issue, one side or the other that could turn off half of their target market. Uh, so right. we do need to be cognizant and aware. And I love your key takeaway of share the facts, right? Yep. Be helpful, share the facts. Don't take a stand if you're a local organization, one side or the other, unless that really fits your brand of messaging. Correct. Um, Terrific. Our next tip is control the narrative. So what can organizations do to control the narrative out there right now?
1: Yeah. So when, when I talk about controlling the narrative, it's understanding that perception is reality when it comes to your online reviews. And when it comes to your online presence, you might be the best plumber in Buffalo, New York, but if your reviews have you at a 1.2 out of five, and the only thing that people see when they look up Brad's plumbing is that you did actually more harm than good when you came to fix their problem, no one is gonna work with you. And it's, it's a scary fact, but unfortunately, when it comes to online reviews, people are going to online reviews at alarming rates. I, I think I saw a stat somewhere that eight out of 10 people will trust an online review as much as they'll trust an online review for, or a, a review from a friend or a family member. So we as buyers are looking at online reviews just as much as you would trust the opinion of your mom or your dad. We need to make sure that we're controlling that narrative. When you go out and you, you provide world-class service Ask that buyer, ask that individual to leave you a quick feedback on a site like Facebook or on a site like Google. Control the narrative about your organization so that you're flooding those platforms with really positive information that supports what you already know. know. We're not telling you to go out and fabricate positive reviews. We're just asking you to go out and make sure that those people that will talk highly of you are doing that.
0: Going right into that, it's it's extremely important to be transparent and honest. So that's our next step: be be transparent, be honest. Uh, don't hide behind a curtain. Um, anything else to add there?
1: I just every now and again, I'll get questions from clients about, "Hey, can I delete this review, or or how do we get rid of this one? How do we hide this one?" You know, that's that's not us. And and yes, yeah, something happened with that one, but. Uh, or or I, I love this one too. Or oh yeah, we we did our best, but they they just you know were a bad customer. Be transparent and be honest. There's a, a great book by Jay Bear called Hug Your Haters, which talks about how to respond to those negative reviews. If you have negative reviews on a site like Google or Facebook, I would encourage you to check out that book and and read Jay's uh, game plan on that. But you just want to be transparent. You want to be honest. You want to respond to every single review, whether it's positive or negative. Because it takes you so long to build that online reputation. I think it was Warren Buffett, Brad, who said it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. The last thing that you want to do after building a reputation for your organization is lose it because of one bad review. So you want to do the right thing and respond to every single review that you get.
0: Yeah, and I would encourage people that if you do get a bad review, it's not the end of the world. It presents an opportunity for you to show everybody else that you care. That you're honest, that you're transparent, that when mistakes happen and and mistakes will happen, you're going to own up to it and you're going to make it right. So when you do get a bad review, um, respond to it, as Brad just mentioned, uh, take ownership, uh, outline how you are making it right, and then take that conversation offline. And I think that's going to show everyone else that reads that bad review that, that you care and you're working to always continue to get better. All right. Uh, our next tip, share company news. We mentioned earlier that organizations that have just completely pulled their sales and marketing efforts and, uh, disappear from, uh, disappear from, uh, your target audience, send the wrong message. So simply sharing good company news can be a a great way to, to stay relevant.
1: Yeah, and and this isn't a daily update of hey we're open or or hey we we'd love to chat. It it's a weekly post about your your business hours, or if somebody wants to contact your team for potential service, how can they get a hold of you? Or if you're doing curbside pickup, how buyers can can make that happen efficiently and effectively? If you're handling money, how your credit card systems are working, or how your uh, cash is working, you know. Are you going to, if um, I'm thinking of local breweries, are you going to sanitize cans before you put them in somebody's trunk? If you're, if you're distributing that through a curbside, just share those updates, be honest, be transparent, but you can on social share about yourself and you can share that up, that, that news and those updates.
0: Yeah. It could even be a a highlight of your internal team. Uh, Maybe a view from their at home office or, Uh, highlighting all the amazing essential work that they're doing and celebrating those people. I think there's a lot that you can do um, that would fall under, under company news. Um, The next tip here is sharing resources. And this is one that we're using for a lot of our our current clients right now. Uh, People are looking for information. They're looking for solutions to their current problems. So, The example that that I'd love to share is a local uh, pediatrician practice that we're working with and we've changed their social and digital strategy to not just share tips and updates on, on COVID and everything else that's going on, but thinking about what parents are doing right now. They're homeschooling. Okay. There's high levels of stress and anxiety in children So we're compiling and sharing great resources outside of the pediatric practice uh, to other associations, to um, other organizations, and we're being a resource for parents. It's not self-promotional at all. We're thinking about what the biggest problems are that the target audience is facing, and we're presenting good, solid resources. And they're not resources we had to develop, uh, but we've become good consumers of content and we repackage those and make those purposeful. Um, Brad, any other examples on on sharing good resources?
1: For me, it, it always comes down to understanding the pain points of your target audience. What are they asking you time after time after time, and how can you answer that through a blog through a social post, through a video, how can you add value to that person's day to day? So, Brad, excellent example, excellent takeaways there. But for me, just to add to it a little bit, really think through how you can help the buyers of your services, the buyers of your products, and answer those questions.
0: Yes. Uh, thanks, Brad. The, this next one I like and I feel like we don't do it enough. It's bringing some fun. So, we're we're consumed by bad news online. We're consumed by um, bad news on the television. We're consumed by some bad news on social. So companies that bring fun, that are uplifting, that are motivational can have a nice impact right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. And if you think about why people use social media in the first place, it's to escape from reality. They're using social media as an outlet. So you're thinking through your own behavior on social. It's because you you need five minutes, you need 10 minutes of that somewhat brainless activity. And people are scrolling through newsfeed, a little mindless, maybe a little bit um, almost systematic. They're just going through it. And if you can add some fun to that mix, you can cut through the noise and cut through the clutter really, really well. It also is a great way to showcase who you are as an organization. Showcase who you are, what you do in in this sort of environment where everyone's home. Maybe it's showcasing home projects that people are working on. Maybe it's showcasing homework environments. Maybe it's doing a get to know the team and you're, you're going live for five to 10 minutes and just answering questions about who you are and what you do and, and what makes you special, what you actually like as an individual. Um, for me, the, the businesses that really showcase their team and showcase the individuals are, are the ones that tend to succeed. You know, people do business with other people they, yes, they do business with organizations and companies, but if you can actually get to know the person that you're doing business with, it makes that purchasing decision so much easier. Um, I know just in in my own behavior, thinking through, you know, different contractors that I've had at my house, you have three or four estimates. They're all pretty close to the same rate. Everyone has good and bad reviews. You end up going with the person that you trust. And you trust people based on who they are. So the more that you can get to know somebody, the better. So bring that fun in and definitely showcase who you who you are and who your team is.
0: And I've seen some great examples of companies even hosting online happy hours, Zoom meetings, and um, everybody brings their beverage of choice and they invite their customers or their internal team and then showcase and highlight that on social. All right, great. Um... Our, our last key takeaway for managing your digital marketing during this pandemic is investing in advertising. Uh, we talked a lot about the increase of digital usage lately. Brad, why is advertising and paid so important?
1: So my wife actually shared this with me uh, last weekend, and, and I didn't know this, but every fourth post on Facebook is a sponsored update or an advertisement. So if you want to cut through the noise on a site like Facebook, you need to serve ads and you need to target your target audience. Individuals are using social media at alarming rates right now. And we want to make sure that you're you're getting in front of potential buyers of your services, potential buyers of your products. Advertising is a great way to make sure that your specific messaging is getting in front of the right people at the right time perfect example here and I'm going to go back to Nike for this example, but it's a relatable example because it's something that you could do regardless of what your service offering is or what your product is. You look at a site like Nike and you look at a pair of shoes, the next day those shoes follow you to a site like Facebook through what we can we call remarketing ads. You could do that with your service. So if somebody lands on your homepage or your website or they look at a specific service page on your site, When the individual then goes to Facebook, they could be followed with those ads. At a time where there's more people than ever investing more time than ever on a a platform like Facebook, like Instagram, like Twitter, you should absolutely be doubling down on those strategic ads that are funneling traffic back to your website. I
0: absolutely love remarketing ads and there's some great ways to do it. You could do it based on visitor traffic to your website. You could target people that have, been to specific pages on your website and you can cater the messages there. But a lot of our clients also do email newsletters and you can take that email newsletter list and we can upload that into Facebook and we can retarget those people with ads and make sure that we're focused there. Uh, We could even set up and create campaigns where we target your competitors. If you're in an industry where uh, your competitors have, have curled up and disappeared during this pandemic. Use this as an opportunity to gain market share coming out. Create really targeted ad campaigns that get in front of people and target visitors to their site. Um, there's just some amazing ways that you can increase and enhance visibility during these times and really take advantage of this increase in traffic. Brad, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us. We had some amazing takeaways. I hope everybody listening uh, got at least one or two pieces of advice that they can implement into their digital marketing strategies. Um, Brad, any um, closing remarks or uh, additional piece of information you would like to get across to people?
1: If, if you're listening and you're thinking, wow, they shared a lot and you're feeling a little overwhelmed, I just want to echo what Brad said. Start with one or two of those takeaways If you hadn't been running or you're not active, we wouldn't ask you tomorrow to go run a marathon. You'd start by maybe walking around your block or or doing a walk-run type of effort, right? In the same respect, your social media strategy, you should build up those efforts. Start by walking. Start with one of these tactics that we talked about. See how that feels. Try that out for a little bit. Then add a second one. Don't just go out and start thinking, oh, I need to do all of these 10 things or I'm not going to be successful because ultimately you'll end up not deploying any of them. Start with one and take it from there.
0: I love that. Start with one and go from there. Um, Terrific. Thank you so much, Brad. Uh, Everyone listening, I want to encourage you to um, subscribe to this podcast. The name is Barker Bites. That's B-A-R-Q-A-R. Bytes. You can sign up in whatever your preferred podcast streaming platform is and be sure to check back for future episodes when we talk with other thought leaders and share some great relevant tips. Brad, thank you again.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.